Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Hey, uh, what an honour it is to be a part of what God's doing here at Encounter Conference. Who's just had the best time the last couple of days in the presence of God? And and, uh, it's, it's beautiful to see to see what God's doing here and to play a small part of it. I'm expectant for tonight. I don't believe God's done by any means. I feel like there's a sealing and finishing work that God wants to do tonight. And for every person, come on, who came tonight, I'm believing you're gonna receive something from God. Come on, who has faith to believe? Come on, I came to receive something from God. Come on, I came out tonight to get something from Him. I wanna leave different to how I came. Uh, I just feel to do a couple of things before we start the message. Where, where's... There's the Caleb that was up here with the, where's he gone? It's Sarong, is that, is that, where is he? He's there. How are you, brother? Can you come down here for a minute? I want to, I said, there's a couple of things I want to say. Uh, first one is you carry a towel in your pocket. That's a, that's something I need to take up. That's a really good idea. I'm going to do that from now on when I preach. I'm going to unzip that and just <laughs> stick it in there. Um, <laughs> I'm a sweaty boy. So, uh, <laughs> um, you're loved in this church, mate. And I, I can tell that. And um, just in praise there before, I really just felt to speak this over your life and just prophesy over you right now. Come on, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven. And I just believe right now, mate, this is just going to be something really important for you. And uh, there's an anointing on your life. It's powerful, and it's an anointing for breakthrough praise. And uh, there's a character in X-Men, and his name's Juggernaut. And he's got a big helmet on, and he runs through walls that no one else can run through. And uh, I see you as a juggernaut in this church. You're going to break open walls in praise, and there's an anointing on your life. And it's uh, you may have been boxed in seasons past as the silly guy or the fun guy. There's a new label coming on, right? The anointed wall breaker. And in Jesus' name right now, I just release a fresh anointing over your life for breakthrough praise. That from the very beginning of services, as you charge out, there's going to be walls breaking people's lives. You command praise. God is going to release powerful breakthroughs, chain-breaking moments. And it's time that your confidence in the Lord matched the anointing on your life. And I just declare from this moment in Jesus' Name, but there would be an increase in that, that you will have a newfound confidence and you're breaking out into a new level of anointing. In the Name of Jesus, I release that anointing for breakthrough praise in your life. And in the Name of Jesus, I thank You that it will keep from this time forth a juggernaut in the Kingdom of God. Yeah. It's going to be some services that are going to come in. They're going to be tough. They're going to be like, man, we need to get Caleb out here. Because, because you're going to break through things in the Spirit. I thank you for that now. I just release that over your life. You are an anointed, called man of God. Step into that next season now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. I had, I had one more today. This is in my hotel room. This is for you, Caleb, actually. It's all for Caleb's today. So um, I really felt in the Lord and uh, just, just received this. So I feel 
God's taking you into a new season and a new stage. And uh, what I felt, this is awkward, it was in the shower. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was just praying, Lord, what do you want to do tonight? What are you saying? What are you saying? And um, I really felt just this really simple phrase for you, that it's time to put down the calculator and pick up the dice. And uh, this next season is going to be a season of risk-taking. And there's, there's risks that God's going to call you to take um, in all kinds of phases, on the platform, in ministry, in all kinds of areas. And uh, there's, a, there's a new risk-taking man that's in there that's going to be unlocked. And I really feel that over your life. And uh, you, you're a safe, steady set of hands. But there's also a firebrand risk-taking in you uh, that God wants to release. So can I pray over you right now? And uh, Lord, I just thank you in the name of Jesus today, Father, for the anointing that is on his life. And I thank you today that, God, there is a season being released of great risk-taking. I thank you that the calculator is getting put down and the dice are being picked up. You're going to take some God-ordained risks and moves, and you're going to be a part of significant shifts and moves in the seasons to come. And I thank you, God, that you would just release right now a new level of faith, a new level of tenacity, a new level of boldness and courage to take God-ordained risks. I call out the risk-taker in you. I call out the firebrand in you. And in the name of Jesus today, I thank you that this is going to be a brand new season. Same place different season, same place, different feel, same location, but completely different destination in faith that God's releasing in you right now. So I just pray, God, release that season in His life. I thank You for it. I thank You for His faithfulness. I thank You for the anointing that's on His life. And I see You taking that to new places and new levels right now. And I just feel there's going to be three significant moments in the months ahead well, you're going to know there's an opportunity to play it safe, but the firebrand in you is going to raise up, going to rise up, and you're going to know, you're going to know, we need to do this. And, uh, and, and, and you're, going to, you're going to jump and you're going to take risks, and God's going to move on the other side of it. So I just thank you for that, Lord, and we release that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, brother. That's awesome. So good. So good. Well, we, we better get to preaching. That would be good, wouldn't it? So... Let's sit down, everybody, and uh, get ready to receive the Word today. Can we thank our worship team? You guys did such a, a beautiful job tonight and last night, and you guys are blessed with that. I want to speak to you tonight. Look, they gave me a towel. Um, Is that it, Caleb? Is that how you do it? Should I leave it there? No, I, I, I won't. I'll get, I'll get distracted. I have like ADD. I get very distracted very easily. So uh, I want to speak to you uh, tonight from a topic of dependence on God. Living a life that is dependent on God. And the room just erupted in faith just then. Because, because, because nobody likes to hear that we need to be dependent on someone else. Uh, and and that, that there's many reasons for that. One of the reasons being in that our culture and in our world, we've been taught that the mark of maturity is independence, right? That, that maturity means I don't need anyone or anything. But who knows that Jesus said that if we want to inherit the kingdom of God, that we are going to have to become more like children, 
that maturity in the kingdom works opposite to the world. Maturity in the kingdom is when you come to realize your absolute need and necessity for God in your life. It's an immature faith that says, I don't need God. I can do it on my own. I don't need to get him in on this. But who knows, it's a mark of maturity to say, no, I have come to a place where I am acutely aware of my daily need, come on, to depend on God. Come on, who could testify today that as you've depended on God in your life, He is faithful to come through? Come on, is there a testimony in the house today but say He is a dependable God who comes through at just the right time? We don't like being in dependence on God, but we need to be in dependence. We need to become like children in this way. I'll never forget when my firstborn son, Gabriel, was born. And if you're a parent here, you just never forget that birth. That, I'm so glad I didn't have to do it, for starters, but I got to watch it. And, uh, and I, I'll never forget my firstborn boy, being born, him coming out, and I just remember seeing him, him just kind of get passed up, Simba, Simba-wise, you know, to, to Hannah, and he's getting lifted up in the air, and we're looking at him for the first time, and just bawling my eyes out, thinking, that's my son, that's my son, and, and the thing is, I didn't know it was a son yet, because, because we, we didn't get the gender kind of before the birth, we thought, let's do a surprise, the twins were a surprise enough, we got their genders before they were born, but, but our first, we didn't know, so the first thing I looked at when he was born was what was between his legs. And I realized I had a son, yes. And then the second thing I looked at, the second thing that struck me was his acute dependence on Hannah immediately. I'll never forget his first cry. I'll never forget hearing Hannah, her, her voice change when, when I heard her as a mother for the first time and she said, oh, my baby. I remember looking at his dependence on Hannah and I think about this and I, I see it as a picture of how we ought to stay in life, completely dependent on God and aware of our need for Him. I'm gonna read you a scripture tonight and I'm gonna read this at the risk of, of you having heard it before and thinking you know how it goes, but who knows every time we open the Word, God speaks to us in a fresh way. So, so let's read this together from Proverbs chapter three, verses five to six. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend, everyone say depend, on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. And another version puts it like this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean, everyone say lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. It's interesting that different versions of the Bible interplay this word dependence with the word lean. And the reason they kind of oscillate different versions between this is because it's actually the same word. That the Hebrew word there for depend is the word shan and that word literally means to lean. It means to lean. Now, now, this word comes from a practice of Old Testament kings. And what the Old Testament king would do when he would appear in public is he would walk out with his officials, okay? His advisors on either side of him. And, and as you look into it, you realize that when they appeared, they would actually appear leaning on their advisors physically. They would have their arm and they would lean on those that were giving them counsel and giving them wisdom. And it was a public demonstration of what was privately true that these were the ones that the king leaned on. See, this is what we must walk in in our life. Our demonstration of dependence must not only be publicly true in church with our hands raised so high, but they're touching the Lord's pinky toe. 
They must also be true of us privately. That we don't just depend on the Lord for an hour and a half or a couple of days at a conference, but our lifestyle is one of daily dependence on God. It's a leaning on Him. Why does the Bible use the word lean? Because lean means to throw your weight on it, to throw yourself fully on it. And who knows that when you lean on something, if it goes down, you're going to go down with it. Which is why God says, I want you to lean and depend on me. Because every other thing in your life at some point is going to go down. Every other thing at some point in your life will not be able to sustain the weight that only God was intended to sustain. So when God says, lean on me, he's not saying lean on me because I need the self-esteem boost. He's saying, lean on me because I am the only dependable thing in your life. I am the rock of the ages. I am the one who will never let you down. I'm the unshakable one. Come on, I am the rock on which you can stand. So lean on me. If Jesus was to release a hit song, it would be, lean on me when you're not strong. Right? Because he wants us, come on, to lean, to depend, to live a lifestyle, come on, of dependence on God. So how do you know if you're leaning on God and leaning on other things? Well, the, the obvious way to answer this question would be, would be to say this. If it fell through, would you fall with it? If a job falls through, would you fall with it? If the career you want falls through, would you fall with it? If the financial deal you want falls through, would, it fall, would you fall with it? Or is there a bedrock of dependence in your life? Come on, that says, come hell or high water, my dependence is upon God and God alone. I've found in life that there are two ways you can arrive at dependence. The first one is dependence via default. Now that's where you have no other choice but to depend on God. Everything else has fallen through, nothing else is working, and so it's like, well, I kind of have to, I don't have a choice. Uh, have you ever been on a scary flight before? I, I was on one a few weeks ago to Perth, and I, I literally thought I was going to die. Now, I've been on a lot of planes, I've had turbulence, got no issues with it at all. This wasn't turbulence, this was like Godzilla grabbed the plane and was shaking it up and down. And, and this was going for 15 minutes and the plane was just whoo, bottoming out and coming up. And people are crying, they're weeping, the air hostesses are strapped in and they look like they know we're gonna die. I'm looking around and I'm thinking, this is it, you know? And we got Wi-Fi on the plane and I text Hannah and I said, hey, I love you, plane's not going well. And I've got my hand on the back of the seat literally for like 15 minutes. Woof, woof. And the guy next to me is looking at me like, are we gonna make it? And I'm like, I don't know, you know? And you're, you're emotionally attaching to each other. And there's, there's all kinds of things you'd like to think in a life-threatening situation, but you would be the one to get up and grab the microphone and tell the plane about Jesus. I didn't. I told my wife I loved her and I said, God, help me! You know? <laughs> that is dependence via default. I reckon a whole bunch of people were praying on that plane. I reckon a whole bunch of atheists thought, I'll give it a go. Because of course, when you're in trouble, you depend on God. That's an immature dependence. But what God wants to do 
is move us from dependence via default to dependence via desire. God, I have a choice to involve you in this or not, to depend on you or not, but I have become so aware of my need for you. Come on, that my prayers are going up. My dependence is going up. I'm leaning on you, God, because I desire you in my life. I desire you in my life. Uh, The title of my message tonight is simply this, The Evidence of Dependence. The Evidence of Dependence. How do we know that we're truly living dependent on God and not just visiting dependence for an hour a week? I've got a few, a few thoughts on this tonight. Number one is this, and I hope you get this tonight and it gets into your heart. Number one, you don't just inform God, you involve God. <laughs> you don't just inform God, you involve God. Shiloh, uh, my youngest daughter, she's adorable. She's this blue-eyed, blonde-haired, dainty little thing. And, uh, and she, she basically can ask me for whatever she wants. And I know it's bad parenting, but she's just so cute. <laughs> the boys can ask me. I'm like, no. She asks me, and I'm like, oh, She's got me wrapped around her finger. Pray for me. And, uh, and, and she'll, she'll, she'll say things She'll say things sometimes, and, and I've got to snap into it and think like a good parent because she'll say things like, Daddy, get me a bicky. And I'm like, sure. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Do you want to ask me first? Would you like to bring me in on this conversation? Like, thank you, three-year-old master of the universe, for informing me of your desire for a bicky. But how about you involve me in the process? You know, a lot of our prayers as Christians can be very immature. We just inform God of what we're doing and expect him to get involved. Spoiler alert, God's already informed. God doesn't need you to inform him, but what he wants is for you to involve him. Yeah, God, this is who I'm dating, so bless it. Yeah, God, I'm moving here, so it'd be great if you could get me a house. Yeah, God, I've decided that I'm starting this business, and it would be great to see your financial provision here. And God's like, hold up, are you informing me, or are you involving me? Because one is independence, and the other is dependence. The Word of God says this, that God wants to be involved in your life. But a dependent life is a life that actively seeks God's involvement in every area of our life. God, I want you involved in my family. I want you involved in my business decisions. I want you involved in my ministry. Far be it from me, but I tell you to get a bicky. out of immaturity than to get on my knees and say, God, what do you want? Here is a secret for living in blessing in your life. Find out what God wants and do that. Because what God wants, He blesses. What God wants, He provides for. What God wants, He opens doors for. You don't need to be smart. You don't need to be intelligent. You just need to get rid of your independence and get dependent on Him and watch Him move. It's dependence on God. 
dependence on God. He doesn't want to be informed. He wants to be involved. Now, I'm going to challenge you a little bit further now because I feel like we're family and we've done this a few times. Point two is going to get a little bit stronger now. Can we, can we do that in this church? Yeah, we can do that. Well, we've done the tower. Surely we can challenge each other now. The second evidence of dependence is this. You're not just a body part. You're part of the body. You're part of the body. Ephesians 1.25 says, The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. We are living in a day in Christianity where we think we can have dependence on Jesus that is independent of his body. Yeah, I love Jesus, but church, that's cool. I can check in once a month. Told you. I love Jesus, but, you know, church is a nice optional extra for our family. Don't you know how good the beaches are up here, Pastor Sam? Oh, come on, I'm getting in your business now. Don't, become, don't come between a Queenslander and their beach. I, I want to show you something for a minute. Dan, could you come up here and help me? I should have told you this was going to happen, but... We're just going to have an accident here. It's okay, he's going to survive. Dan, I just want you to fall off the stage, just gracefully, just into the pit. Just, oh my gosh, poor Dan. Yeah, for, oh, wow. Just a bit, no, on the floor, you're going to lie down. Yeah. You're all broke. Now, just come a bit closer to the stage. You didn't fall right. That's better. Okay, that's great. Oh, poor Dan. Come on, just empathize with him. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. That's where a lot of Christians find themselves regularly. Come on, who's ever found themselves in a hole? No, no honest Christians here. <laughs> find myself there most Monday mornings after church, actually. Um, and, and you fall in a hole. Something's gone wrong. And when you're there, this is what you do. You go, God, I need you. I'm dependent on you. I need you, please, please. I'm, my, my trust, my reliance is in you. Come, Lord, come and I, I, I give you everything again. And, and, and you say, God, save me from this situation. My, my dependence is on you. And then God sends his help to pull you out of the hole. He reaches out his arm. You can reach out your hand. And then you say, this is what a lot of Christians say, no, 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 don't use your body to help me. Just, just tell me I'm awesome on a podcast. <laughs> just sing a worship song that's meant to be about God, but it's actually about me on repeat on a playlist for 20 minutes. Do you know how God helps you when you're in the pit? If he's going to pull you out, guess what he's going to use to do it? His body. His body. See, you cannot have dependence on God that is independent of the church. Say, so God, I need you. I need you in my life. I'm here for you, God, but you just send me a sign. I'm depending on you. And your connect group leader messages you and you ghost them. Some of you are like, what's that? That means you don't reply. 
God, I need you. I'm so dependent on you. And when you come to church and someone asks you how your week was and it was hell, and you're like, it was so good. It was great. Praise God. He's on the throne all the time. You know what? Liar. You know, one of the saddest things, right, is that we, we in the church have learned the language of dependence without a lifestyle of dependence. My favourite thing about new Christians is they don't know what to say yet. You ask a new Christian, I've got so many of them in our church at the moment, I ask a new Christian, how's your faith going? Terrible. You feeling good? Nope. How was your week? I got drunk. They just don't know what, they don't know. They haven't learned how to lie and pretend that they're dependent on God when their life actually isn't. Can I tell you, it's time that we stop divorcing our language from our lifestyle and started to accept that dependence on God cannot be independent of His body. You need the church. You need to be in church. We need one another. You can take a seat. We need each other. It's a healthy functioning part of a life that is truly dependent on God. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this. It says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. I used to think this was about pride. I realise it's about dependence. It's not about one part of the body getting a big head. Terrible joke. It's actually about dependence. We need each other. And you cannot live a life dependent on God that is independent of his body. That doesn't mean the church is God. The church is his wife. It is his body. And we need the church. We need the church. The third evidence of dependence in your life, and I'm going to wrap up in a minute, so Ben, you can join me in those kind of things. Number three, you don't see his presence as an extra, but as an essential. There's a really divisive topic and issue in our culture at the moment, and it's pickles on burgers. There's pickled people, and there's no pickled people. And the pickled people, they're convinced you can't have a burger without a pickle. You know what I'm saying? You're like, don't, don't, that is an insult. To have, where's the pickle people at? Come on, put your hand. You're, you're that. Wow, okay. We'll have an altar call afterwards. And then, then there's the other camp. It's like, don't need it. That's an insult to meat. Do not insult the meat by garnishing it with salad. You know? And the argument really is whether it's essential or whether it's an extra. Can I tell you, the presence of God is not like a pickle. Write that down, that's powerful. <laughs> what did you learn at Encounter Conference? I learned that the presence of God is not a pickle. No, no, the presence of God is not an optional extra that you can do or do without. The presence of God is essential for a believer who is living in dependence on Him. Can, can I share you something I saw in the life of Moses recently? When God calls Moses, right, for the first time, in his immaturity, in his lack of seeing God's faithfulness yet, in his lack of learning how to depend on God yet, we see his answer to God's call. And this is what the answer is, right? In Exodus 3.11, it says, Moses protested to God, who am I 
to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Israel? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? His entire perspective is about his performance in his immaturity. All he's thinking about is his performance. I can't talk good, I can't do good, I can't act good, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Now, what's really interesting to me is that 30 chapters later, after a little thing called the Exodus and the deliverance of God's people, all of these ridiculous miracles and the faithfulness of God, we see that Moses' dependence on God has completely changed. Because the next time God calls him, he's not concerned about his performance. Listen to what he is most concerned about now. Listen to this, Exodus 33, 15. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. See, as he grew in dependence on God, his highest concern in life was no longer his performance. It was God's presence. Tell you one thing, planting a church taught me. It's taught me a lot of things. But one of the things it taught me is that when you plant a church, your building is worse than everyone else's. Your kids' ministry is worse than everyone else's. Your worship team is worse than everyone else's. Your seats, worse than everything on a consumer level about Nova Church sucked. And you know what's interesting? In seasons like that, you can't build with performance. You learn to build with something else, His presence. What separates you from every other mum and dad isn't how good a parent you are, it's the presence of God. What separates you from every other student is not your intelligence, it's the presence of God. What separates you from every other business owner, doctor, lawyer, receptionist, whatever it is you are, is not your intelligence, your performance and your pedigree. It's the presence of God and the evidence, come on, of dependence in your life is that you know that what makes a difference in your world is not your performance, but His presence. We pretend like the presence isn't all we have, but can I tell you, it is. Moses, at the height of his leadership, at the height of everything, his earnest desire was one thing. If I don't have your presence, I'm not going. Because he had learned the most important ingredient, the most important essential, the presence of God, the presence of God. Zechariah 4 verse 6, you all know it, but I want to remind you of it tonight. It says this, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. See, God's been birthing, and I can feel it in the church, even in worship tonight. Can I tell you, worship felt even deeper again than last night. Because I, I feel there's been a shift in desire for I can feel a new hunger in the church. Can you feel it? I just there's a new hunger being stirred. And can I tell you, we cannot leave it at hunger. 
in a meeting. It must now move into a lifestyle of dependence on God that says, God, I don't just want your presence at Encounter Conference. Take your presence with my family tomorrow. Take it with me into my business. Take it with me into my ministry. I'm dependent on your presence. Before I leave home, I'm a very forgetful person. Hannah, my wife, she taught me something. Because you got your wallet, your keys and your phone. So she said, you've got to do the pocket slap. Wallet, keys, phone. I learned that. But before I leave home every day now, I go wallet, keys, phone. And then when I get up from a cafe, because I always leave my stuff at cafes, I get up and I go wallet, keys, phone. Every believer needs to add one more. Wallet, keys, phone, presence. You need the presence of God with you everywhere you go. And the evidence that you are maturing in dependence on God is that you have become acutely aware, come on, of your need for His presence. Come on, I wonder today, Highway Church, is there anyone in the house today that says, I need the presence of God in my life. I want the presence of God in my life. I want to live a life of dependence, not independence, not arrogance, not presumption, but dependence on God. I just believe tonight that we are going to leave this conference. We're going to leave this conference tonight with an attitude that says this is coming with us tonight into every season of our life. I wonder if we could stand to our feet tonight all across this place. And just for a moment, Ben, I wonder if you could start to lead us in worship. I want us to worship for a few moments together right now. And I want you just to begin to surrender to the Lord. Come on, I want you to begin to throw, come on, your dependence on God. Come on, right now across this place, I want you to begin to stir up, come on, your faith. Stir up your hunger, come on, one more time. And let's just begin to worship Him. Let's just begin, come on, to throw our dependence on God. Come on, empty yourself of your pride. Empty yourself of arrogance. Empty yourself of independence. And throw yourself, come on, on Jesus for a moment. Come on, team, let's sing together for a minute. Come on. Yes. Moving in That's it. Sing it out. Come on. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.